picture this. It's 1997, and you are 10 years old. It's the first night of your sleepaway camp that you begged your parents to send you to. The night starts innocently enough. Everyone's sitting around the campfire, roasting marshmallows and making s'mores. By now, everyone's fingers have become sticky with all the goo. One of your fellow campers asks the group if they've ever heard about the tale of Bloody Mary. All the kids shake their head no, including you. They say if you go into the bathroom, turn all the lights out, and say her name three times into the mirror, she will appear and scratch your eyeballs out. Everyone gasps around you. A couple kids screamed. You holler, that's not real. There's no such thing as Bloody Mary. If you don't believe it, then go try it, the camper responds. As you look around at everybody's face, you now realize you can't back down from this. Maybe I will, you say. The other campers are now watching you intently. You have to go. Everyone will think you're a wuss on the first night of camp if you don't. So you stand up and head towards the bathroom and open the door and go inside. You hear the rustle of all of the kids outside of the bathroom. There's no turning back now. Bloody Mary, you whisper as you look deep into the mirror. Bloody Mary, your voice cracks just a little. Bloody Mary. As the name leaves your mouth, a dark shadow person passes quickly behind you. Squeezing your eyes tightly, you pray she's not real. Why did you do this? Why did you agree to this? You should have just stayed outside and kept your mouth shut. And now you're going to die. But as you slowly decide to open your eyes one more time, the shadow figure appears behind you, dripping in blood as she stares at you through the mirror. Clawed fingers reaching for your eyes. <laughs> Welcome to our second episode. I'm Heather Harris. And I'm James Harris. And this is the House of Harris podcast. Tonight's episode is on what? Okay, so tonight's episode takes place just a few years before we were born. All the way back to 1925. A couple years before we were born? <laughs> yeah. Well, it actually technically goes back further than that. Have you ever heard of Black Aggie? I know you're a Baltimore native, so you should at least know something about it. Is she the one, if you stand in front of the mirror and say her name three times, she'll come through the mirror and kill you? Is that her? Well, that's part of it. So, actually, that's what I thought when I was in elementary school. That's what they told me. Mm-hmm. So, um, spoiler alert, it didn't work because I actually tried it. When I was yeah, me too. School. Well, I did Bloody Mary. Oh, okay. Are they like sisters? Or friends or something. Maybe. It's the same process for both, so... They're they're both in the same realm where mirrors mm. and this world meets, I guess. So, um, did I actually ever tell you that I was in a ghost hunters club when I was in elementary school? No. And I say ghost hunters with, like, air quotes because it was elementary school. And 
me and Greg Miller and I think Adam Wheeler, shout out to those guys that will never listen to this podcast, would just spend our days in elementary school looking at this one locked door in the auditorium that like was totally creepy that we thought de- definitely had like some dead bodies in there or something like that. I've and, never uh, heard this story, yeah, but now I'm so, so much more attracted to you. It was actually just a storage closet. Like we snuck off one day and went to, because, you know, back then elementary school was like not monitored like it is nowadays. You no. know what I mean? So like we totally just like wandered off one day and looked at it and it was nothing. And, but we did that and we spent our days reading um, Tales from the Crypt comics and watching horror movies that we're probably way too old for us. So. Was this before your obsession with Magic the Gathering cards? When you played those with your friends, or were these the same people? Same people. Same oh, people. Of course it was. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, but anyway, so <laughs> getting back to the story, um, Black Aggie is actually the nickname given to a statue that sat on the monument of the Felix family in Druid Ridge Park from 1926 to 1967. Felix Angus purchased the statue in 1905. Uh, Angus was a decorated war veteran and world traveler, and for some reason he fell in love with the sculpture. Um, I've posted some pictures to our Instagram, and if you look at it, can you even imagine like buying that and thinking that's what you want as like the place where you're buried? Like, is that? Oh, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, I like creepy things. So, the statue was called Grief, and it was sculpted by. Edward L.A. Posh, and I uh, use the term sculpted loosely because it was basically a forgery, um, but I'm, gonna, I'm getting ahead of myself. So uh, There are many stories about Black Aggie. Most of them say that at the stroke of midnight, her eyes will glow red, and if you look into them, you'll go blind. Hmm. Some claim that the spirits from the graves gather around her on certain occasions, and also if a pregnant woman passes by her shadow, she will surely miscarry. Wow. Yeah. No, Why weird. does she not like pregnant women? I don't know. Maybe. Hmm. I don't know. And many fraternities used her as initiation rites, uh, making pledges sit either in her lap or sit in front of her facing away all night. That's creepy. Yeah. They also claim that if a virgin sits in her lap, they will lose their virginity within 48 hours. That's a weird one. Okay, that's weird. That's a weird one. I know. Yeah. But it's, they, that's what they claim. No grass grew around her, and they thought that that was weird. But, I mean, it's pretty obvious that if you're getting all that many visitors that you right. wouldn't have grass It's trampled on a lot. Yeah, exactly. Um, it was also said that once there was a groundskeeper that heard a blood-curdling scream, and when he went to look, he found a young freshman boy crushed to death at her feet. Although, I mean, there's no actual proof of that happening. So he was crushed to death at her feet. Was there something on top of him? No, like, like sh- he sat on her lap and she, like... Oh, and she used, crushed yeah, him. She crushed and then she just pushed him down. Yeah. Like, oh. where he fell. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Her arm was actually once cut off, uh, but was later found in the back of a sheet metal worker's truck, along with a saw. He claimed that she had done it to herself, which mm. is, yeah, but, but of course the judge didn't believe him, so he went to jail. Of course. Whether any of these stories have any truth or not, I don't know, because, you know, I'm not much of a believer in possessed objects and stuff like that, but uh, she is pretty creepy if you look at her, so. Yeah. She does have a slightly darker, more interesting history, though. Does she? In 1885, Henry Adams' wife, Marion Clover Adams, committed suicide by drinking potassium chloride one day while Henry was leaving for a dentist appointment. Wow. It's been speculated that her suicide was either due to her father's recent passing 
or Henry's womanizing ways. Mm. Should have killed him, I think, but you know. Yeah, she should have given him the potassium chloride. <laughs> I'm just saying. So she was actually a photographer, and she used it for developing her film. Oh. Yeah, so it was pretty pretty easy to. Resourceful woman. Right. Um, Henry was the great grandson of President John Quincy Adams, so they were pretty wealthy. Filled with the grief of his wife's death, he traveled to Japan with his artist friend John Lafarge. And when he returned, he decided to create a great monument and commissioned Augustus St. Gaudens to do it. The sculpture took four years, and it was praised as one of the most beautiful monuments of the time. Now, I've spent all this time talking about it, so I should probably describe her. She's a seated woman with a large robe draped over her entire body. And all that can be seen is one arm and part of her face, and it's like a mourning and sorrowful position. Adams refused to ever talk about his late wife and even refused to give the statue a name. So it's just referred to as the Adams Memorial, or Grief, supposedly coined by Mark Twain when he saw her. Oh, wow. Only months after the Adams Memorial was erected, it had been copied by Edward Posh. And that's how Black Aggie was born. And Black Aggie was mad because somebody stole her from somebody else. Technically, Black Aggie is the second one. That's what I'm saying. Right. She's, a, she's reproduced. Could be. She's mad. Yeah, because she's not an original. Mm-hmm. It was reported that the statue had been copied so poorly that Posh even had remnants in the mold on the original statue. Wow. Uh, he even named the copy of his statue Grief. Of course he did. Just like the other one. The reason that Aggie is now the stuff of creepy legends is she was cast in a much darker material than the Adam statue, and she appeared black during the night. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So you may be asking yourself, what happened to Black Aggie, and can I still visit her? You um, can. You can, but not in Druid Hill Park. In 1967, the descendants of Felix Angus had enough of the constant visitors causing all the chaos around the monument, so they donated her to the Smithsonian Institute. And uh, they took her, and she was just in storage for a long time. But in 1987, so 20 years later, she found a new home in the courtyard of the National Courts building off of Lafayette Square in Washington, D.C., right in the same neighborhood where Clover Adams committed suicide. Well, damn. Yeah. So I wonder if the security guards know her secrets. I'm sure they do. So tell me, Heather, would you sit in her lap and look at her glowing red eyes? Hell no. I'm going to say I'm going to have to pass on that one. Yeah, I don't think I'd do it either. I did not ever want to participate and say Bloody Mary or Black Aggie in the mirror three times because I was convinced she would come get me and kill me. Um, I love all the lore and history that surrounds creepy things, but I do not want to provoke them, nor do I want them to visit me. (laughs) See, now, it's funny because me being a skeptic, I actually have done lots of those sorts of things, like the black Aggie in the mirror, playing with Ouija boards and stuff like that. So I don't think I'd want to sit in her lap, but, like, I don't know. I'm, it's kind of interesting, like, kind of curious about it. Yeah, I mean, I guess for somebody who believes in those things, I understand the power and uh, what they can do, just like the Ouija board. I played with it one time, it moved, and I never touched it again. Yeah. I also, I know I was playing with my cousins, so who knows if one of them was p- pushing the 
planchette. But I used to read a bunch of books at the library, and I read a book about a family who was being haunted by ghosts, and supposedly one of the first things they did in the house when they moved in was play with an Ouija board. And then there was a chapter on how Ouija boards can be a gateway to demons and everything else. So, yeah, I'd try not to tempt fate. So you think statues could be a gateway to demons? I'm sure. Annabelle is a doll. She's a... Raggedy Ann doll that supposedly is possessed by demons. Yeah. So if she can be possessed, why couldn't a statue? Part of the um, lore behind Black Aggie was that they said there was a witch buried beneath her. Yeah, I was kind of wondering because... Okay, so the first statue was the original one, and it's linked to somebody that committed suicide. Right. And then somebody decided to replicate it, and that's the one that everybody's afraid of. Right. Because it's darker or whatever yeah. yeah I don't really it's hard for me to really get behind this legend because I don't know it just doesn't seem like enough th- like things have actually happened like has anybody done like a um, ghost hunting thing around it like if they used um, tools or anything to get readings does she have like a higher energy around her than you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I don't think it ever got done? that far because it was, you know, um, removed in the 60s and they didn't really do that kind of stuff back then. Yeah. But she did make a lot of newspapers and, like, headlines about her and her glowing red eyes and stuff like that. So it was definitely a folklore. It was definitely a, a local legend. Hmm. I know this was your episode, but I did find something else that I wanted to mention about Black Aggie. Um, apparently when Agnes began construction of the family monument in Druid Ridge Cemetery, that's where he purchased Black Aggie, uh, and he had the monument and pedestal created that would closely resemble the statue. Um, after that was all done, his, the widow of Augustus, the original sculptor. Yes. Um, had sent a letter to Henry Adams to inform him of the reproduction, the terrible reproduction right. of the statue of grief. Right. Um, of course, there was nothing she could actually do about them stealing the design, but she wanted to see it for herself, so she traveled to Baltimore. Yeah. When she found the statue, she said that it was terrible. Uh, even though it was exactly like the original statue, the original statue resembled a pink granite so it was very light um it did look like an angel that was sad i guess grieving but this one was made out of a gray colored stone and that's why like you said earlier at night it's dark and creepy um and apparently the baltimore site did not have the bench and the rest of the stonework that the original had right when she saw that she declared that it must be a good deal this is a quote must be a good deal of a barbarian to copy a work of art in such a way Um, Agnes had responded to her and claimed that he was innocent of an unscrupulous art deal terrible art deal like he had no he said he had no idea yeah which obviously I'm sure that's not what happened Um, and Agnes filed suit and won a claim of over $4,500 but he refused to give up the copy of the statue so I guess she wanted it to be destroyed, but he refused to do that. Um, so yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. 
because she also had stated that it looks innocent in the daytime and then of night it, at night it looks dark and that's why she got her nickname Black Aggie. A lot of our information that was found on this story today can be found on different websites on the internet. Um, one of the ones I used for the small tidbit that I uh, just mentioned was American Hauntings. It's a website that you can find all different types of lore and hauntings in the United States. And this one was titled Black Aggie. Very original title. And James found some of his information on different websites such as Wikipedia. <laughs> okay, Wikipedia, always 100% accurate. <laughs> well, that about does it for this episode. Thanks for stopping by. We'll see you later in this life or the next one. Even though you don't believe in the afterlife? Well, that's for another episode. <laughs> this episode was brought to you by our totally real and totally not made up sponsor, Big Creepy Statue Cleaner. Is your statue stained from bleeding out of its eyeballs for years? Use Big Creepy Statue Cleaner for all of your big creepy statue cleaning needs. Yeah.